Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. The, uh, the title of this sermon is, and it's not a sermon, it's a homily, and I know that it's a hot day. Um, the, the title of this homily is, I'm not that kind of guy. And, uh, I mean, this line, if a child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion. Jesus is saying, what, what kind of guy, what kind of guy do you think I am? What kind of God do you think this is, that if you asked for a meal, something to eat, I'd give you a snake. If you asked for something that you needed, I'd give you a scorpion, a terrifying, scary thing. All of us have, perhaps in our hearts, some place in which we think God might actually give us a scorpion or a snake. After all, there was a point in time in which he did apparently confront us with a snake, and we messed up. But the fact is we prayed for things that we desperately needed, and it didn't seem like we got them. And you might be praying for something right now that you desperately need, and I don't know whether you're getting it. And you could probably remember things that you've prayed for, children maybe who've died, loved ones who've died, places in which you've truly suffered and you wish you hadn't? Or my goodness, if you've lived a perfectly charmed life and have absolutely never suffered or lost anyone, which means what, you're 10 years old, then you must know somebody who you love who's lost somebody. And this makes us feel isolated and cut off. And Jesus is saying, you think I would treat you this way? Give you a scary snake? A vicious scorpion? When you're hungry for an egg, nothing to sustain you? Don't you know that I love you? And we want to have this, we want to have this beautiful idea of God. We, we do have inside of us a beautiful idea of God, don't we? A God who provides and makes a wonderful universe. And I think of that Oscar Hammerstein song in um, the, the play Oliver. You know the song? And actually, MJ's going to help me sing it. And uh, I thought uh, Camel was going to play, but I don't know where he went to. <laughs> he escaped. Should I just do it? You ready? But it was so much better with Camel, don't you think? Aiden, you think I should just go ahead? Maybe you should sing it. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, you know that one? Um, <clears throat> I'd do anything for you, dear. Anything, because you mean everything to me. You know that I'd do anything for you, dear, anything, because you mean everything 
everything? Everything to me. So why not God? I mean, what's why we cry when we hear that song? I thought you were going to do everything. The creator of the world, ex nihilo. I thought you were going to do everything. So when I was first um, ordained, my, uh, I had a job. I was a curate at the Church of the Epiphany up on 74th Street. And um, I, my husband got ex- became very, very ill, and he was in the hospital, and there was a vestry retreat. And at the vestry retreat, I was supposed to read the gospel. And uh, so I, it was very scary for me to read the gospel in this particular situation. I was tired and confused. You, you may not know this about me, but I have dyslexia, and I compensate for it now, so it doesn't matter. But it, at the time, it kicks in when I get nervous. And so suddenly, I was supposed to read the gospel, and I thought, my dyslexia is going to start. I'm not going to be able to track lines. And, but it was fine, and I was reading along, and then I got to the line, um, if a child asks for an egg, we'll give you a scorpion. And my mouth stopped, and I couldn't read any longer, and I started to weep. Just the whole thing was too much. Uh, Joe in the hospital and frightened, and I, then I thought, I've got to keep going. I'm, gonna, I, uh, this is, I'm attracting attention to myself. This is a nightmare, and in front of everybody, and it's a church, and I can't stand it, but I couldn't keep going, and I didn't know what to do. And uh, then... A man who was helping the vestry uh, with this retreat, and he was from Heavenly Rest, and he was a treasurer from Heavenly Rest. Um, he got up out of a pew, just like as if someone, uh, Michael, you got out of the pew, and he just got out of the pew, and he came to the center aisle where I was standing, and he put his arm around me. And because he put his arm around me, I, I felt the support. And I was able to finish reading the gospel perfectly comfortably. And I went and sat down, and I was filled with God's love. And I remember thinking, isn't this just amazing, the way I have a fellowship, and I have people, there are people in the world who care and will take that kind of risk and come and help me, and I'm not entirely alone. And I didn't even ask for help, and somehow he knew that I needed it, and that was so astounding, and I, I just lived in that, in that love. It was, it was incredible, you know? So Jesus, in this place, in the gospel, is crying out for us to understand that we have a loving God. He knows that we have a dark place that doesn't even want isn't even able sometimes to ask for the help that we need. It's so closed down that it doesn't even want to say, help me. It it says, I'm not going to ask for help, and especially in those really wounded places, because I know what you would say. You're just going to say no. And we all have those places. It's the most wounded parts of us. It's the part that just says, could you love me? Can you love me? 
And it doesn't want to say that because it sounds so ridiculous and so simple, and yet it cries out to be heard, and it's covered with so many, so many places of being frightened, about being judged. And just like in this story, we've tried knocking on the door till some friend will finally hear us, or we've tried pretending that it doesn't exist, it just isn't there, this need. And says, Jesus, do you really think that that's the kind of God we have? A kind of God who doesn't know what you need? Who isn't there for you? But what he says, and if we look at the scripture carefully, is that what he will send to us and what he gives to us is not an egg but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, which opens for us a way and a door through which we cannot even ask for or imagine in the state we are right now. Your yearnings and your cry for help, you cannot imagine the answer. The child who asks for an egg already knows what an egg looks like. But the wounded place in your heart doesn't know what the Holy Spirit wants to give you. I asked Camel, I said, when you want to write a piece of music, you know what you're going for. And he does. I said, do you end up there? He said, no. And then he has to praise God and does for where he wound up. My father died of a lethal, terrible cancer in tremendous pain. I came to this church to pray for him. I became a priest because of the painful way that he died and the way that I understood after he died that praying for him and being with him was the most important thing. But he died. And that's how come I'm here today. Would I rather that he be alive? Yes. Did the Holy Spirit bring me here? Yes. Will I be with him again? I think so. The story of the gospel is that Jesus stood in front of the disciples after he had died on the cross completely alive. Can you imagine that? I mean, he was actually dead, and then he walked among them completely alive. And the story that they had to tell was that even death would not stop the answered prayer of the kingdom of God. And that's the world in which we live. That's the answered prayer. That even death does not stop God's love and care for us. So, that little part of all of us that thinks that we're going to get a scorpion, you know, churches fall for it, they get scared, they, put, they used to put up rude screens in front of altars, big gates, lock people away from altars because they were, it was such a scary place where God might be. The terrifying Lord, the thunderous Lord. And yet Jesus here crying, say, do you think, do you really think, can you hear him? I'd give you a scorpion, me, 
who died for you and loves you this much? So let me uh, finish just with the end of the story about the time, that time uh, at the retreat with the vestry. So about a year later, um, I was at lunch with my rector. And Dorsey McConnell, who is now the Bishop of Pittsburgh, and uh, I said, wasn't that amazing that time that that guy from Heavenly Rest just got up and noticed that I was stuck and put his arm around me? Th this really happened. And he said, what guy? And I said, the treasurer from Heavenly Rest who put his arm around me. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Dorsey t sometimes forgets stuff. So I decided to pull the vestry. And I went to every, I, I couldn't believe this, so I started going to every vestry member. And I was like, do you remember the vestry retreat? And they go, yeah. And I go, you remember the guy, the guy who got up when I was in the middle of saying the gospel and put his arm around me and then went, uh, no. And I said, do you actually remember the vestry retreat? Yes. You remember where we were? Yes. I want you to know that I have many problems, but I've never been diagnosed with psychosis yet. So God makes a way where there is no way. He sends his Holy Spirit to make a yes where we think there's a no. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.